From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. I'm Annalise Hensel, sitting in this week for Marty Michelson. The August primary elections are coming up quickly, and still there's no Democratic frontrunner in the race to keep Governor Walker from winning another term. The number of candidates is in the double digits. A few of them could be pulling ahead, though, according to a straw poll that WISPolitics.com conducted at the state Democratic Party convention this past weekend. J.R. Ross told me the poll wasn't scientific, yet the results could be illuminating. Kelda Royce, a former state lawmaker from Madison, she won the straw poll to 10-person field, and she got about almost a fourth of the vote. So when you think about how big the field is, that's a decent number. She was about twice as much as the next closest one, Malin Mitchell. So she's already trying to use this to make the case that she is the front runner now and that she's uh, breaking away from the pack. Now, you have to remember that the people who go to convention are people who are willing to give up two days of a weekend to listen to speeches for hours on end. So they're not your typical voter or even your typical primary voter. So we've seen a poll that had Tony Evers up. seen a couple of them, actually. Um, He didn't do as well in our straw polls yet, but he is probably in that top tier of candidates. You know, Kelda helped cement her position there. Uh, Malin Mitchell, Andy Gronick, Dina Walks. So we're seeing kind of some signs of people are starting to kind of separate themselves a bit from the rest of the pack as we get within two months of the primary. Would you say that that's the biggest story that came out of the Democratic convention, or were there other things that developed that you think are worthy of mentioning? Oh, I think, you know, it definitely helped give an appearance of some momentum for Roy's. I mean, some of the campaigns were kind of organizing, doing their best to kind of get their supporters to come out and vote in the straw poll. I mean, honestly, we had 800 ballots cast, roughly. That is well more than we usually get at a convention for either party. Um, that's a reflection of the crowded field, uh, the fact that some of the campaigns were actually organizing their supporters to go out and vote. That helped pump up that number. So I think the straw poll definitely was one piece of it. There's also, too, you know, kind of the question that some of the stories I've seen about how is this crowded field going to impact things? Is it a good thing to have that many people running? Or is there a downside to that? Um, you know, Tammy Baldwin spoke. You got the convention going. I mean, honestly, the people who come to the Democratic convention, they're primed for Tammy Baldwin to fire them up. So it's not real hard work for her to do that. But uh, she definitely left a little bit of a mark with them. A lot of it is more like a, a, a pep rally for the base. So turning back to something you mentioned a moment ago, the sheer number of candidates who are seeking the party's nomination in the governor's race. And some observers, including I believe you, have talked about the fact that with that many candidates, it's hard for voters to focus on on a few people and what their issues are. And it's hard for donors to decide what candidates are the best ones to back. And I'm curious now that we're at this point where the, the convention has happened and we are getting so close to the primary, when is it likely that a few of them will be able to break away and really start leading and getting some momentum? There isn't going to be much of a window for people to really get out of the race or much of an incentive for one. Because if you think about it, we saw fundraising reports in January that we thought might kind of help separate the pack out. But they really didn't. Nobody really broke free financially. Um, you know, Andy Gronick and Dana Walks had some big numbers, but they were largely self-funded. So they didn't really separate themselves. And Tony Evers had an okay number and Matt Flynn, but nobody broke free. So the thing we're watching for next are... The July fundraising reports are the first half of the year. Well, those things are due July 15th. The primary is August 14th. 
when I talk to people, they don't see much of an incentive for a candidate to drop out if there's only four weeks left to the uh, primary from those reports. Now, we may see in those reports that somebody's catching fire or really breaking away financially. You know, Malin Mitchell's gotten more union support. Maybe that helps you know him with some donations. You know, Kelda had a, a viral video. Maybe that helps her with money, but nobody's really breaking free. So if nobody's really breaking free, why drop out? Well, it's like a vicious cycle, though. If nobody's breaking free, there's no incentive to drop out. It doesn't thin the herd. If you don't thin the herd, then there's less attention for everybody. I mean, it goes round and round. It makes it that much more difficult. So my guess is that we're looking at maybe a three, four-week sprint to TV and radio. Whoever can afford to get up on the air will do it probably sometime in mid-July and go through until the primary in August. And it's just going to be a sprint to see if you can get up, get to the finish line. And then take a step back and think, in 2012, I believe, during the recall election for Governor Walker, the primary for Democrats, I think there were like 600-some thousand votes cast in that primary. So if you think about it, if you get to 30%, you're talking like right around 200,000 votes. I mean, that's that's attainable for several people in this field right now. The question is, who will grab it and go get it? And my next question is sort of a two-parter. I'm curious as to how the Democratic gubernatorial hopefuls are finessing running against one another while also being unified in their message that they want to challenge the Republican governor. But at the same time, how likely is it that they and their supporters will be able to come together after the August primary to push for a united front heading into the the general election. I'm thinking if anyone steps out too far criticizing one of their fellow Democrats, then it may make it more difficult for the party to have that unity that the party probably wants heading into November. You know, honestly, we have not really seen this primary get that heated among the candidates. For the most part, they play nice. Um, they're looking ahead toward Governor Walker and the fall rather than looking at each other. We did see at the convention, for example, Paul Soglin, the mayor of Madison, took kind of a dig at Malin Mitchell, uh, who's president of the Statewide Firefighters Union, back when Governor Walker first introduced Act 10. You know, Mitchell wrote a kind of a statement kind of praising Walker for not including firefighters in the proposal to take away collective bargaining powers from most public employees. But within a week or so, Mitchell was one of the people leading the, the protest in the Capitol. So that initial statement, though, uh, Sogland here, sorry about that. But for the most part, you didn't see a lot of kind of like digs at each other at the convention. They're pretty much focused on pitching their their vision, their ideas. As long as they keep playing politely, you know, you can see where it doesn't get too nasty and that won't be a problem. But that then begs the question in the final month, how do you differentiate yourself? How do you break free? At some point, these guys may feel a need to start taking swipes at each other to show the, how they're different. Because on the issues, for the most part, they're pretty unified. You know, there are a couple of people stick out, you know, here and there on things, but a lot of issues, they're pretty much in line with each other. Thanks, JR. We'll talk more about this and other topics next week. Anytime. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.